0: Today we start the silence. So I thought it was a good day to introduce you to the world of Zen. So a little story. Kakua was the first Japanese to study Zen in China. And while he was there he accepted and received the true teaching. When he was in China, he did not travel. He lived in a remote part of the mountains and meditated constantly. Whenever people found him, which they were always looking for the master, and asked him to please teach them, he would say a few words and then move to another part of the mountains, further away, where they could not find him so easily. When Kakua returned to Japan, the emperor himself, who had heard about him, asked him to come to court and teach some secrets of the Buddhas for himself and his people in court. Kakua came, stood before the emperor in silence. Then he produced a flute from the folds of his robes. He blew a short note. Bowed politely, like the Japanese does, and disappeared. No one ever heard or knew what happened to him after that. It's very difficult for the enlightened ones to talk about what they have found. That is what this story is about. But in fact, he started a school of Zen Buddhism in Japan. He was always a special kid. And in those days, you can imagine, this is more than a thousand years ago. Wanting to find a master. Heard about the teaching of the Buddha. But it wasn't really established in Japan. But in China, which was much closer to India, you had already enlightened masters who had crossed the Himalayas and had sanghas, monasteries, mystery schools. And the story is that it was four ships going on this expedition to China. One disappeared in the storm. Another turned back because they were afraid. And two made it. Then when they came to China, they didn't allow them to come ashore. But this Kakuan, he knew Chinese. So he must have been a very intelligent, very well prepared that he didn't want to give up. And Chinese is totally different than Japanese. So because of that, they allowed him. And he knew about, he had heard about the great master there, which he found. And when he came to that master, the master said, so good you are here. I'm getting old and I want to pour my teachings into you so you can carry it on the teaching of the Buddhas. And that's what the Master had told him, that he was so receptive that it just felt like pouring water from one jug into another jug. That's what you call no resistance, totally open, hollow, thirsty. And he did get it. He got enlightened with his master. And then there's story that he went to the remote parts of the mountains and meditated constantly. Whenever people would find him and ask him to say something and to teach, he would say a few words and then move on deeper into the mountains so they couldn't find him so easily. Then he came back to Japan and he got very famous there because you had the following of the Buddhist teachings. And it's very difficult to hide when you are enlightened. People will always find you. The problem is how to teach people, how to find those who are receptive. There is always People who are thirsty, who are longing, they say just like the bees comes to the flower to drink the nectar, to drink the honey, so is the disciples, the seekers coming to the enlightened ones. It always happens. But it's difficult to teach. So, even the emperor had heard about this. He was quite famous, and also when he came back to Japan, he established a monastery on a holy mountain, which is still there today, one of the most holy in Japan. Koyasan, which I have been. And it's also one of my favorite places. Maybe I had been there before, at least I had a whole life in the village very close to that. So he started the, this tradition. Now it's many, many, many temples there still. So then the emperor invited him to teach, because he was getting famous. And he came, and the Japanese, you know, they are very proper. They very well behaved. Very aesthetic. very different than the Western world. Which for a meditator is very, very nice because they are quiet and very pleasant to deal with. So he came to his court, to the emperor, and he stood in silence. So when you stay in silence, then people are waiting no? because people don't understand silence. Those who understand silence are prepared for silence. That is the meditators, otherwise people cannot understand silence because there is no silence in them. And if you are not in touch with silence, with your heart, with your emptiness, with your spaciousness, with your soul, then you cannot relate to that, of course. And most people are just mind, just thoughts, all the time. A chaos of thoughts. Even if they come across an enlightened being. These thoughts go on, non-stop. Ideas, judgments, comparisons, habits, confusion. You're always in a chaos. So, the part of meditation is to become silent. Have a silent mind. A present mind. And only then can the master transfer the teachings, the mysteries, his heart. Just like the master said about Ka Kuan, that he was... It was so easy because he was totally available. Like you pour from one vase into another. Totally receptive. Ready. Where do you find some people like that? Even in those days it was difficult. What to say about now? It's almost impossible to find somebody who has a quiet mind, who is receptive, who is humble, who is not arrogant. Then, when the silence must have become very awkward, no? That's what silence becomes very unbearable. What are we doing here? What is happening? Why is this guy just standing there? He's coming here to the emperor and he doesn't say anything. He doesn't share anything. He has no teaching. Something must have been wrong. Is this the right guy? It must have been so many thoughts in that hall. Even the emperor was wondering: Is this guy mad or what? Then Kakuan took his flute from the sleeves of his robe, blew one note, put it away, bowed very politely, graceful, and left. And after that, nobody found him. He must have gone even deeper into the mountains. So, the story is like, that is not for the masses. You can be an emperor, but that doesn't mean that you are receptive. Most probably, it's much more difficult. Because bigger ego. Hmm? Maybe it's easier as a beggar when you have nothing, nothing to worry about except getting food today. And still you can be like an emperor inside, and the emperor maybe feel like a very poor man inside, like a beggar. This is the difference. And people only look on the outside, they don't, they cannot look in the inside, neither with themselves or with others. I can totally relate to this, because I was living in the mountains also, and I didn't want to go back to the world. I mean, I was in the world, but in a nice world, because it was similar to this, that I have created hell. So, Buddha also, they say, that he just wanted to be in silence. And the gods was coming to him after his enlightenment and trying to convince him, you have to share this, you have to go back, you have to share to the humans, to humanity. And he didn't want to hear. But they didn't give up, and luckily, they didn't give up. And slowly, slowly, he started accepting that you have some people. Because he said, most people, they are not interested. They will never understand. They are so busy with their worldly illusions and dreams. They will never be interested in what I have found. Then you have some other very few that is very mature souls. They will find it anyway. So they don't need to listen to me. But you have somebody in between a very small group of human beings That can get help, some guidance, some direction, that can transform their life, that can rise their consciousness, that are ready, that are looking for something. Maybe they don't even know it, but there's something in them from the past lives. So yes, I will start teaching, because it's true, there is some very small part that is receptive for the truth, for love, for compassion. Even Osho said the same, he wanted just to be in silence. He wanted to teach in silence. But he said it it didn't work because people don't understand silence. So the poor man had to go from silence to creating dynamic meditation (laughs) just because of you, just because of us. That's the truth. You need to prepare yourself You need to work on yourself. You need discipline. You need focus. Hmm? Ramana Mahasi also, he just wanted to be in silence. He also hid in the mountain. It's something with these mountains. And then slowly, slowly he accepted it. He didn't say much, very little, as little as possible, most probably. There is another beautiful, enlightened being who was born in Pune, where Osha was, Meher Baba. He also, he went into silence. And then for some strange reason, he found a middle way. He never talked again. And he wasn't totally in silence. He wrote the messages on the blackboard. That's a very unique idea. He didn't want to say anything, but he was willing to write some message. And then he had a very close disciple who understood the meaning of the words, because it could be very telegraphic, but he understood the meaning because he was in tune with the master. So his whole life, he just wrote on the blackboard he had with. Very strange idea. And his many, many, even though, compared to all the billions of people, is very, very few who get enlightened. But most of them remain silent because they cannot teach it. It's better to stay out of the problems, no, in let's enjoy the state, the blue sky, of a clear consciousness. Then you have some that is taking it on to start talking about it. With that comes a lot of things, you see what happened to Osho, they poisoned him to Jesus, you will have judgments, you will have anger, you will have so many things. Because they will always challenge you to get out of your sleep, to get out of your unconsciousness. And that is very uncomfortable. So in one way, people want to be happy, but it's very hard to let go of that which keeps them unhappy. That is the dilemma. So this is the same with our friend Kakuan. He was just standing there in silence how can you teach, how can you say that in some simple words? It's impossible. You have to prepare the ground. You have to prepare yourself. And then he also, he found a kind of middle way. He took his flute and blew a note. And that is a teaching, like, you have to be a hollow bamboo. That is one of the sayings of the Zen people, become like a hollow bamboo. He blew the flute. That is also like Krishna in the Hindu religion, he's playing the flute. That is just an image a picture for people to see, become hollow, become empty. Let your whole being, your body become like a flute on the lips of existence of God, so God can play on you. Don't have any resistance. And you cannot listen to a mystic through the head. You have to listen through your heart. And that is like music. If your mind, your thoughts are in the way, you cannot be in tune. You cannot hear what he's trying to convey to you. It's impossible. Because he's just a hollow bamboo. And if you are not receptive, if you are still lost in your own opinions, mind, what you want, what you like, what you don't like, then you are far away. Maybe sometimes you can touch it, ah, I agree with that, I like that. That is how the mind goes. No, I don't agree with that, I don't like that. That is not how you are listening to music, you just listen. That is not how you listen to the river, you just listen, you're open. That is not how you listen to a bird song. That is the way you have to listen to the Master. Just open, receptive, with no mind. Then something beyond the words can enter into you. That is difficulty every mystic. And that's why Kakuan gave up. Of course, he had his people. But those people you don't find in the city, in the masses. You find them, or rather, they find the master by leaving the city, going to the mountains. And for some mysterious reason, here we are again.